Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. My, my hope today is that you would, you would leave with a, uh, a spiritual Swiss Army knife, if you would. I'm going to bring back like some old analogies today. So those of you that are young or older than, uh, than 21, you're going to appreciate this today. All right. Actually, it's probably now more like older than 30 and it's sad really, but, um, I'm just going to hold on to my youth as long as I can. Uh, Swiss army knife has multiple functions, multiple things. It's not just a knife. It's got a screwdriver. It's got a bottle opener. It's got a toothpick. Uh, if you were lucky, you had tweezers which were horrible to use. Anybody ever try to use tweezers on a pocket? It, you're doing more damage than you are good. Use the knife. Use the knife part. Um, it's got, you know, a corkscrew. It's, I mean, and, and the, the, the more, the, the bigger the knife, the more features. And so there is, there is something that we find both spiritually, physically, and psychologically uh, that is a biblical foundation it is something that Jesus repeated. It's something that scientists and have studied and worked on. And in fact, Harvard just did a study here in the last few years uh, on this very subject that we're going to talk about today, uh, where where they saw a drastic increase in the mentality of individuals, in their ability, their cognitive ability to function, to thrive. Uh, their ability to think, their ability to heal, their ability to have uh, resolve and resilience, and that is found in their ability to have gratitude. In fact, to the point where uh, studies have shown that individuals who are not grateful, uh, there is lubrication in our brain, thank God for that, uh, but the moment that we stop being grateful, studies show that the brain actually begins to shrink and become rigid. But the more grateful we are, the more lubrication comes to the brain, the more uh, ability to think through things, the more ability to function at high capacities. In fact, it keeps you younger because it gets rid of a lot of the stress and anxiety and worry that is there. Can I say this? You cannot be grateful and anxious at the same time. Worrying and being thankful cannot coexist. They are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Anxiety and worry is borrowing from the future something that has not happened in the negative. Gratitude is reaching into the past being thankful for what has happened, but also stretching into your future and believing that greater things are yet to come. Gratitude stretches both ways. Anxiety only reaches one way. So when Jesus teaches, when the Bible teaches about gratitude and thanksgiving, the, this is not just a spiritual principle. This is a physical, a mental, and a spiritual principle. So I'm going to give you a Swiss Army knife. Now, whether that knife today cuts uh, some, some bondage free from you that you've been tied to, uh, maybe it's tightening some screws in your life, maybe it's, it's 
uncorking some things with the corkscrew that all of a sudden now your life's going to be full and overflowing. Maybe, maybe it's the tweezers today that's going to pluck some things out. Uh, whatever it is, this is going to be a message for you. In fact, punch your neighbor as gently and as lovingly as you can and tell them this is for you today. If you did not get punched, then punch yourself and say, this is for me. All right, this is for me. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. We're going to come back to that. That's, that's key today. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I want to just talk to you this morning about side B. Side B. Father, I thank you so much for the moments we've shared, the power of the Holy Spirit that's moving in this place. I pray that we would leave this room challenged, changed, and empowered. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Man, someone said my mind is open, my heart is ready. I receive it. I believe it. Do it, Jesus. All right, I told you we're going to bring out some old stuff today. Anybody remember cassette tapes? That's why I said 21, but I really think it's 30. And it's getting older and older as I, it probably is more like 35 now. Um, uh, I know, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I'm sorry. Side A on a cassette tape. In fact, for those of you that I looked for one and I cannot find any. Uh, some of you have them stashed somewhere in an old binder somewhere. You know what I mean? The big ones that you still click in, kind of the, the VHS style. Am I? All right. Ouch. <laughs> Side A. Side A was all the hits. These were the songs that were going to make it. Side B was just kind of thrown in there. They just they picked side A because they knew side A would work. You played side B so you could rewind side A. It was like rewind? What's that? Yeah. That's another story for another day. And if you didn't have a good player, then you had to take a pencil and turn. Yeah, all right. Uh, side A was wherever all the good songs were, all the hits were. But there were a few in history, some artists and some songs that made it to side B that actually became hits. And I did some diving. There's, there's over 40 songs and I just, pulled out, I just pulled out a few today to bring to you some of the artists and songs that made it to side B that became a hit. Let's look at it. Elvis Presley's Hound Dog. In fact, Elvis Presley's Hound Dog was so good on side B that they created a new album so he would have it on side A. Hound Dog. 
The Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever. The Beach Boys, God Only Knows. Some of you are going to be singing these the entire message, and that was not my intention. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Pink Cadillac, The Go-Go's, Speeding, Ray Charles, Born to Lose, ZZ Top's Just Got Paid, Blondie's Fade Away and Radiate, Stevie Wonder's Contusion. Oh, Tina Turner's Don't Turn Around, Def Leppard's Tear It Down, Nirvana Dive, The Beatles' Revolution, Prince, How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, Michael Jackson, Working Day and Night, Side B, Fleetwood Mac, Silver Springs, The Pretenders, My City Was Gone, David Bowie, The Man Who Sold the World, and Richie Valens, La Bamba. I know what age I'm speaking to today. All right. These were on side B that eventually made it big. Many times we discount side B. It's the side where uh, I don't know if, if it's going to get any better than what we've already experienced on side A. There's not another song on side B that I would like to listen to uh, because side A's given me all that I want. I'm going to listen to side B just because I need to rewind side A so I can listen to side A again. I've already got everything that I want from side A. And Jesus shows us a story in Luke chapter 17 of 10 lepers that are at a distance, and the lepers, it, this is such a major disease in the Bible, so contagious that they isolated, separate, separated, and segregated these individuals because they didn't want them around anyone. It's a disease where body parts fall off and, and decay uh, destroys the features and eventually destroys the body and kills you. And they're separated, they're segregated, they're outside, and Jesus comes to the between place. Between Galilee and between Samaria, a place where grudges are evident, war zone, Samaritans who are the outcasts, the dogs, the, the individuals who are a mixed breed who uh, the Jews hated and the Samaritans hated the Jews equally and back and forth. And Jesus is in between Galilee and Samaria and ten lepers come and Jesus instantly says, go show yourselves to the priest. What is Jesus doing? Well, Jesus is referring back to Leviticus and Leviticus tells us that if you have leprosy, uh, you are to be taken outside the city, you have to be isolated, you can't be around anybody. But if you begin to be healed, you cannot just declare yourself healed. You have to go to a priest and the priest has to then sign off. They have to examine and make sure that you are actually healed. And there was a whole list and structure of how they would look at it. And then they would perform a cleansing ceremony. And you were able to then be welcomed back into the city. So when Jesus looks at him and says, go show yourself to the priest, he's not just telling him go to church. He's telling him, hey, I want you to go. And I want the priest to confirm that this healing is done. You're healed. Nine of them leave, and one of them returns, and the one that returns comes back to Jesus shouting, praise God. 
May I pause here and say this, that I do not believe that you can praise God silently. Throughout Scripture, it is shown that praise is verbal. It is expressionate. Praise lifts up. It not only elevates the power of God in your life, but it brings other people in your circumference to the recognition of the glory of God that's around you. Praise is, I think you can worship silently. I think there's, there's the meditation part of, of worship that you can have. But there is something powerful and dynamic when you praise God. In fact, Psalms 150 gives us a list of how we praise God. The reason why we have drums and a guitar and a, and, and a band and piano and singing, uh, we, we find that, that structure throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. Psalms 150 is like praise Him on the high-sounding cymbals. So every time a drummer here hits the high-sounding cymbals, it's not just for emphasis. There's a praise that's behind it. Every time the, the Bible talks about the, the trees even praise God, there's a movement that happens as they praise God. There is a movement that happens when we praise God. And this man doesn't just thank God silently. He comes back shouting, giving declaration of the glory that God has done in his life. There is a praise that comes from him. See, I think it's easy to thank God in the, in the miracle. But I think it's very difficult for us to thank God after the miracle is done. Thank God we just had a miracle. We had uh, the, the baby that we wanted. We had the financial provision that we had. But, but are you still thanking God a year from now for what God did last year? Are you still thanking God 10 years from the last miracle? When does gratitude stop for the things God has done in your life? Does gratitude ever stop for the things he's done in our life? See, we lose gratitude when we begin to focus on our next problem at hand. I want to remind some of you that you are living today because of a great God. I want to, I want to remind some of you, you have an to a prayer sitting with you. There is a marriage here today that you thought was over, but that spouse is sitting next to you because God answered a prayer at some point in your life. Some of you are going to have a Thanksgiving meal and have people over this next week where you had moments where you didn't even know if there was going to be food on the table. When do we stop thanking God for the provision and the thanks He has given us? Some of us have been sick in our body. We, we didn't even know if we were going to live to see another year, another day. Some of us have had moments where, where we thought life was done. But thanks be to God that you're here today because of His never-failing goodness and grace. When does it stop becoming a moment of thanksgiving? When do we forget? See, nine of them, the majority, left. They got their healing. Boom, they're out the door. But one man decided, you know what? This is worthy of stopping and coming back and giving God thanks for what has happened. What's interesting is this man, the Bible makes sure we know, was a Samaritan. Happens between the border of Galilee and the border of Samaria, a place of hostility and grudges and hatred and animosity. And the Bible says he was a Samaritan. 
a Samaritan, an individual that should not have had any reason of coming back to a Jew. Got the miracle I'm going on. Uh, An individual that knows that when this rabbi says, go show yourself to the priest, that was somewhere he was not to go. He did not belong there. He did not deserve this. He did not earn this. This was not a moment of entitlement. He didn't even expect it. And in that moment, he was able to come back shouting praise to God. The other people, the other men, they got all that they wanted on side A. They heard the track. They were pumped. They did not realize that there was a B side to the track. They didn't realize there was another side to the tape that if you flip that over, there's something greater on the other side. Because this man, not only does he come back and give God praise, not expecting anything more, not expecting that B-side may have a hit, not expecting that on B-side there may be something better. He just comes back to give God praise. And in his doing, God said, you are now not only cleansed, not only healed, but you are complete and you are whole. And the language that he uses there is he now experiences the shalom of God, which is the all-encompassing peace of God, which means wholeness. So when God says, hey, there's more to the story, your story gets activated when you flip the tape and said, I'm going to give God praise for everything he has done. And all of a sudden, things become better on side B. On side B, it's the border side. It's the border side. It, it, it's the side where I, I know there's some animosity. I know there's some, some rough things. I know that there's some hostility in my life. I know that there's some battles right now. I know that things aren't exactly how I want them to be. I know that there's some trouble. I know that there's some rough things that I just don't understand. Can I implore you today, child of God and church, can I just tell you this morning from my heart and the heart of God today, if you will stop and pause and give God praise, there is more that is in store for you. There is a beyond that you never thought was possible. Because remembering who God is and what He has done is a choice you get to make. I get to choose whether or not I thank Him and remember what He's done. So don't forget to go back and thank Him after you've already received what you've asked Him for. We've asked him, and he's given. Don't forget to go back and thank him. There's a B-side. Because maybe the marriage that you prayed for, that now things are going good, what if they could be better? What if, what if the, the ministry that God's given you, suddenly the, the wheels are starting to spin, and you're starting to get on a serve team, and you're, you're seeing some, some traction, and you're like, well, well God's, God's given me this thing. What if they could become better what if what if the healing in your body what if suddenly you're having some better days than you are worse days? like like things are getting getting good but what if they could go from good to better what if what if your what if your job what if what if things are okay we're starting to see side a Ooh, we got some hits my career's taking off some good things but what if you were able to flip the tape and thank god for what you have had and watch him turn good 
into better. Because the B side is the beyond side. Gratitude will always lead you into the beyond. More than you thought, more than you asked for, more than you could imagine. This is the beyond. And failing to remember what God has done affects your destiny and it affects future generations. Remembering what God has done affects your destiny and future generations. On either side of the coin, failing or remembering. Let me just show you what Psalm 78 and 4 says. We will not hide these truths from our children. We don't need to shove it down in some legislator. We don't, we don't need, to, need to push it off to the side. We don't need to let somebody else teach our kids these things. We're not going to hide these truths from our children. May I just stop here and say, make sure your children know the things God has done for you. Make sure your children know the things God has done for them. Make sure your children know they see enough of your bad days. Maybe we flip the side this year and we put it on B side and we start sitting around the table not complaining about all the hell we're going through, but maybe we start remembering all the heaven God has given us. Not going to hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them. Can I pause here and tell you this? We get on to our next generation often because of the struggle that we see in the world today. Can I tell you that if the church is going to be successful, if the church is going to thrive, if the church is going to have a future, if the church is going to see the kingdom of God come next and into the beyond, our children must be empowered with the truth of the goodness of God so that they may carry it into future generations. So while we can complain about where we are, may we also stop and thank God for where we are. Because I believe that even in the darkest of days, the church can be the brightest of lights. And I think, according to my scriptures today, that there is still a great revival here and is coming. And it's going to come from our next generation. May we empower our children with the truths of the word of God so that they may stand for what is good, what is holy, what is right, and what is just. I'm going to get back to the word. All right. Even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God. This is, this is not hanging on to somebody else's hope. This is how hanging on to your hope. And the next generation, it's, it's every generation should have a new hope on God, not forgetting not forgetting, someone say that, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. God's story is meant to be told throughout all generations. Why? So that his glory will be known in the earth. Because praise, praise opens the door in the circumference of the people around you. 
Praise influences people around you to also give God praise. See, stirring up thankfulness and gratitude removes any tool or any weapon in the enemy's hand. It, it disarms him and it places it back into God's hands. It, it disrupts, it disarms because gratitude is a secret weapon. And the enemy knows that if you will be thankful, there is nothing that he can do to persuade you otherwise. Maybe our problem is not our problem. Maybe our problem is our gratitude. Gratitude will disrupt the forces of hell. Gratitude will arm you with, with, with a, a weapon so powerful that it changes the physical and the spiritual. Watch, watch this. Gratitude will disrupt dysfunction. You see it in families. Anybody ever put the fun in dysfunction in your family? You're about to in the next month. Uh, gratitude will disrupt it. You know, maybe, maybe you start a new tradition for the holidays. That instead of bickering over your politics and bickering over your kids going to whatever school or bickering over how they're dressed or what if, what if you started a new tradition where you just sat around and disrupted dysfunction by being thankful? You want to disarm somebody real quick? Start being thankful. Gratitude overcomes entitlement. It'll instantly level the entitlement to the ground. Because you cannot be entitled to be grateful. Entitlement says, I deserve this, I earn it, this is mine. Gratitude says, I am honored, I am privileged, and I did not, get, I did not earn this. Gratitude defeats despair. Despair is the head held low. It's the, I don't see any light at the end. Gratitude reaches into the past and reminds you of what God has done. And if God did it back there, then surely gratitude can reach into the future and realize that God can do it again. It defeats dis despair. Gratitude fixes anxiety. Now, we, I, we understand that there is chronic anxiety. There's, there's really mental health situations with it. But gratitude, we, we teach this, we, we train people, Andrea counsels people, gratitude is going to fix anxiety. It's going to, to rewire your brain because anxiety is borrowing from a future that does not exist yet. But gratitude is reaching into the past about what has happened and it then projects into the future of what could happen. And gratitude then fixes anxiety. You can't be thankful and worry at the same time. Gratitude will reset the mindset. You ever just had a stinking thinking moment? Your mindset. Gratitude refreshes the soul. It's like water in a parched land. Gratitude then makes you whole. Our story in Luke 17 shows us that there is no wholeness without gratitude. Side A, they got a healing they got a cleansing, but they did not get a completion, and they did not get a wholeness. One was made whole because of his gratitude.
May I just be so bold enough to say this morning that maybe you have had a healing, but God doesn't want you to stop with a healing. He wants to give you a completion. Maybe you have had things fixed, but God doesn't want them fixed. He wants them completed. A lot of times we'll throw duct tape on something and thinking it's fixed. And God's like, I want to take the part and replace it. I want to take the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. I want to take the old mindset and give you a new mind. I want your mind to be renewed. I want your heart to be refreshed. I want your soul to be restored. These are the things of God. And gratitude opens the door to making you whole. Not just healed, not just fixed, but complete in the shalom, the peace, and the wholeness that only can come from God. But the problem that we struggle with is we can't imagine ourselves whole. We're glad we got side A, but what would side B? We're a little, we're a little timid to flip over the tape. We're a little, we're a little, we're a little timid to, to see what's on side B. So let me ask this question today. Can you imagine yourself whole? And what does that look like? If you could say, I am whole today. In the whole list of things in your life right now, what would that look like? Question number two with that is, do you believe that God can make something whole and new again? See, some of us haven't imagined that future. We just imagine a good day tomorrow. We just imagine a little less depression A little less worry, a little less arguing, a little better grades. That's what we're we're just imagining a little, a little, just, just, will will it just become just good tomorrow? Good is the enemy of great. And God is not interested in just getting you to good. He wants to take you into the beyond from good to great, from okay to better, from better into beyond. And that is when you flip the tape and you start imagining what life would be like if you were whole and start praising God for what that looks like before you ever get there. Because gratitude is going to cause you to go from cleansed to complete and from healed to whole. And if you want to go into the beyond, if you want to go into better, side B, You can't be more committed to the past version of yourself than you are to the future that God has planned for you. These nine were more committed to the past version of themselves. I'm okay with the scars. I'm okay missing fingers. I'm okay missing a nose. I'm okay being disfigured as long as I don't have to live back segregated again. I'm okay as long as I don't have to live with those people anymore. I'm okay if I don't have to live outside the city. I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay with this. And what we do is we settle for a past version of ourselves instead of looking for what God has that could be better for us. Don't get so committed to your past version of yourself that you lose out on what God has next and in store for you on side B. Well, how do we get there? You don't allow trauma, 
to become your template, you allow thanksgiving to become your template. In all things, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you, Paul said. In all things. My template goes back to trauma. I've had trauma. I've had problems. I've had issues. I've had struggles. And our template is the trauma of our past. But thanksgiving is the template of heaven for our future. Thanksgiving is our template for the side B, the better things. Thanksgiving erases the template of the trauma. It does not erase the trauma, but it gets rid of the template. Some of us, our trauma is going to be with us our whole life. Can you thank God in spite of the trauma? I'm not saying thank God for the trauma. I'm saying thank God in spite of the trauma. These men, the trauma that they experienced, this Samaritan, an outcast, a dog, lowest of the low, that was, that was rough to begin with. Now he has leprosy on top of this. Now he's disfigured. He's an outcast of the outcasts. And he decides, I didn't earn any of this. This rabbi is telling me to go to a priest into a temple I've never even been allowed to step foot in with people that hate me. And now I can be committed to a past version and not believe there is something better. Or I can stop in the middle of it and come and bend my knee and say thank you for all that you have done. Because in that moment, God gives new things. Suddenly, you're not just healed so you can go on. You are now whole so you can be a different person, unrecognizable by the people and the things of your past, unrecognizable to yourself in the mirror. Who is this person? How did I get here? Only by the grace and glory of God. Come on, some of us were drug addicts, but thanks be to God, we now are sober and clean and in our right mind. Some of us had sex addiction, but now you're healed and you're free, no longer bound by those things. Some of us have had horrible things happen and the trauma haunts us. May this year not present more trauma, but may Thanksgiving be your template for side B of a better future. And it begins not by a silent thank you, but by a glorious thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Come on. If you're in this house and you've got anything to give God praise for, would you put your hands together? Anything. May Thanksgiving be my template. May that be the thing I go to. May that be the thing I turn to. When I sit down and look at my life, may it not be through the template of trauma. May it be through the template of Thanksgiving. I don't belong here. I don't deserve this. I thought it was interesting this morning. We had folks pray for me like we do every Sunday before church. Every one of them was in the same vein. And it was affirmation and confirmation. Because there's a lot of doubt. Am I called? Am I chosen for this? Is there... Am I doing everything that God has asked me to do? 
sometimes you just need to look back and give God glory for how far He has brought you. Some of you are raised in horrible circumstances, but look at you now. When Thanksgiving becomes your template over trauma, you don't pass on to the next generation what's been passed on to you. David said, we will not spare these truths from our children. We will let them know of the glorious works of God. Don't pass on the trauma. Pass on the thanksgiving. Don't pass on the abuse. Pass on the praise. Don't pass on the hurt and the wounds and the struggle. Pass on the blessings and the benefits of living for God. There's more to who you are than what you've experienced up until now. This is the lesson that needs to be learned here. The one experienced something. There was more to him than he could even imagine in this moment. The other nine were okay. They were fine. But one who was not searching for wholeness, he wasn't searching for completeness, he just wanted to find the one who gave him something he did not earn. And in his gratitude, it opened the door to a better beyond. Side B was flipped. And suddenly now a great hit. Can you imagine him telling his kids? Can you imagine him seeing the other nine? How'd you get your nose back? Thanks, God. What? You grew your pinky toe back? Dude. No, no. I thank God. And God did this. See, our mistake is that we think that it's us who creates the beyond. That we create the better. creates the better and the beyond is putting it back in the hands of God and saying thank you. Some of you need in the moment and the struggle and the storm and the problems you're in right now, this message is for you to pause and say thank you Jesus. If I have nothing else to thank him for, may I thank him for just being alive if I feel like I have nothing else to thank Him for, I can thank Him for my family. I can thank Him that my cognitive abilities. I can thank Him that I'm still breathing. I can thank Him for the food. I can thank Him. There is an endless list of small things that we miss every day that you could be thankful for that will unlock better in your life.
we give God praise? What do we give God praise for? And what happens when I give God praise is found in five verses. Psalms 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. In fact, those, those bold parts, let's read those together. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Why? What is it that he does for me? He forgives all my sins and heals all my things. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. And now, what happens when I give praise? When I thank him, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, help us to be people who remember. People who are grateful. People who will flip the tape and go So that's my first one. 
My first one is that those of you that are in the room that you need prayer. You just you need a new, you need a reset, you need a revival, you need, you need change, you need wholeness. I'm gonna invite you to come here in a moment. The second one probably reaches to the majority of us. And that is simply Day, let go of the worry and the anxiety and the fear and the frustration that you've been holding on to and would you come back to Jesus today with a whole heart of thanksgiving and all over this room would you for the next five minutes just worship and praise him for the things he's done. Not asking him for a thing. Not declaring and decreeing or prophesying or anything else. Will you just, all over this room, will you just remember the good things he's done and will you turn this room into an altar of gratitude today? Come on, would you lift your hands and surrender and say, God, if it had not been for you, I wouldn't have been here. Come on, maybe you're next to your spouse and you need to just take them and hug them and say, God, I want to thank you for them right now. Maybe you're next to your kids and you didn't even know if you were going to be here today. Will you take them by the hand and say, thank you, God, that they're here this morning. Come on, maybe you're next. Uh, to somebody else and you just put your arm around and say, God, I thank God for my friends. I didn't have any friends, but now I've got friends. Or maybe today there's just an overwhelming sense of gratitude. God, you've healed me and God, you've delivered me and God, you've saved me and God, I didn't expect it. I didn't deserve it. I, I should have been cast out, but thank you for saving and setting me free. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.